Hello, Kate. Hello, Gina. Happy Magic Monday on a Saturday. <laughs> I've almost got a rhyme about it, but I haven't got it quite nailed down. It's like something about Happy Magic Monday, but you'll hear it on Sunday, even though we record it on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know, I feel like we're going to need like intro music, all of those fancy things eventually. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think you and I are just so busy. It's amazing. We even construct some time to like sit down and have these conversations. I have these really big uh, like talks with myself. Like if someone like, I know if I was 13 and I had this smartphone and whatever other app and I'm bored and committed enough, I could master some looping something and start recording some really cool shit. And then there gets to this point where it's like, when I was recording music, I was talking to the dude who was helping me and we were trying to figure out what kind of sound. And we both finally agreed that if I went to play live, it's really confusing to have something super mastered and edited, you know, all that shit. And then you just want to play live and people are like, but it's not that. Right. Maybe let's just all get used to like no filters and no fancy shit. (laughs) I like that actually. Um, Cause I think, there's like so many crazy things going on. Like people are doing like, what is it called? Filter face where they like go to plastic surgeons and they want their face to look like filters. That's terrifying. That's like twilight zone episode where everyone is getting modified artificially to look the same. Instead of everyone going and getting the haircut for their celebrity, they're like, make my face look like them. But that's, I think that's even worse, right? Like to yeah. surgically alter your face at like hair hopefully grows back. I have real, like I have those opinions. My joke is that this podcast is like all the, all of my most unpopular opinions. It's like, <laughs> you want my unsolicited unpopular opinion. But um, like, I definitely understand things that save lives, you know, like non-elective, but you know, necessaries. Sure. There's, like a fine line for people who can have very uncomfortable things about their body. My unpopular opinion is that I believe we come into this body with like, can you fucking love it the way it is? Right. Right. Yeah. Like you, and that's the indigenous first nation thing is like other people should be treating us with this like self love instead of us having to find it for ourselves. Right. I'm totally not against plastic surgery. Lord knows sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm going to get Botox. <laughs> I have worry lines. Um, but also then part of me is like, what is really me? And what is like the social construction of like what I'm supposed to look like? Yeah. It's you know fun. what people should do? Uh, what? Face yoga. I love okay you know I really was like rolling my eyes at everyone doing the gua sha and like all the stuff with the face until I've been doing more and more study about fascia and fascia is everywhere mm-hmm. and they're like dude you're, you're like if you're not exercising your face and stretching it and moving it and like lactic acid beyond it but your fascia starts to get really stiff Right. And that's where, like all the wrinkles come from is yes, the elasticity of the skin on the outside, but it's all of the tension that just keeps getting wound up in us. Exactly. And I mean, we tend to have the same facial expressions over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. So 
those muscles are going to be worked more than other muscles. I do face yoga. I do gua sha, all of those things. I, I was, I I'm so hipster. I was doing it like way before anyone even knew what it was. Um, but there is my friend um, sent me this link. I haven't tried it yet, but there's this place in New York city called the face gym. And oh my God. you can contact them and they'll do like one-on-one face yoga sessions with like, you hashtag new york which is like you can pay for anyone to motivate you to do anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah my friend is like isn't this what you do and i was like yeah, yeah that totally is what i do but no. now i'm very curious when i fly back to new york whenever it's safe to do so i'm gonna and- go to the face gym and just do like an in-person session this is, um when we talk about like uh, having special talents and finding your niche this is like we in the theater world and in the vocal world have what we call like vocal warm up, which include face massage and exercises to, to like create the elasticity because you want to be able to open your mouth and like have the flexibility. So we literally do that shit. I can promise you like most of the face yoga that y'all are doing is stuff that we've been taught in these weird fucking dark room music halls <laughs> didn't you do like a class I don't know if it's on your patreon didn't you do like a vocal warm-up class yeah I love it and it's really um amateur but it's like free on YouTube it's every I've like shared it everywhere uh I think it's it's a, it's a workshop kind of vibe like soul song or something like that that I named it and it takes you through like a warm-up and uh and like a full body kind of experience because really you use your whole entire body to do everything. To process sure. Grief, trauma, to perform. Yeah. And one of the basics is like this. Okay, so here, let's do a couple of weird ones together. Oh, I like it. Let's okay, do it. so first, first one would be like, if you have your hands free, you like rub your hands together, kind of like a la Kundalini, right? Yeah, just like we're doing Kundalini right now. Uh-huh. And you're, so you're losing your own body and life force. And so you take this and then you're going to get them real nice and hot. And then you're going to press your palms lightly over your hands. I mean, your eyes. So you've Ooh, got this like, nice eye way. massage. Mm-hmm. And then you can feel your fingers at your hairline. So you kind of start to like massage the hairline a little bit and down to the temples. And you feel your thumbs kind of next to your ears. You can really start to feel where the jaw hinges and is like- And all the tension (laughs) that you have. Yeah, my friend was telling me that, um, I mean, we have so many different tiny little ligaments and tendons that hold our jaw to our head. Mm -hmm. And in each one of these tendon and ligaments, there are between 16 to 18 pressure points. And it's just a wild amount of sensitivity and power. So then from there, you start to like massage the face, right? So you can feel like your fingers go around the eye sockets, down the sides of the nose, the creases from cheek to mouth. And then my favorite is taking the palm of the hand and you press it right below like the ear. So you've got it at the like the jaw hinge point Mm -hmm. on either side of your face and you draw your palms in while you relax your jaw open. Oh, that feels great. (laughs) I'm doing it right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, I feel like my jaw cracked like seven times. (laughs) We call this jaw love. (laughs) And you can also take your uh, thumbs 
below the ears, around the bottom of the jaw, and you can massage under the tongue, right? So, like, under oh. your chin. Yeah. You can, that's the base. That's your, like, your tongue is a muscle that attaches right below those back teeth, but then runs all the way down into your throat. So all of this, but from the chin down the front of the throat, is a big tongue muscle support. <laughs> and then the fun thing is, once you've got the hands to do everything warm, then you do stuff with your mouth, right? Like, imagine that you've got a huge wad of chewing gum, like big valley girl, mm-hmm. coarse with hay, and you try to keep your lips closed while you do it. And chew the gum. Oh, that's a workout. Mm-hmm. And then you start to like chew the gum with your mouth open, like big ow, you know, just like a right. four-year-old. And from there, that we would switch. We do like tongue clock. So then you take your tongue outside your mouth and you like slobber all over your face and you draw it around your lips to see how far you can stretch your tongue. So try to touch like your nose, try to touch your cheek, try to touch your chin, your other cheek, and you go the other way. You start to feel a difference in your face, like a heat, like warmth. Yes. Yeah. And the big, my favorite is um, tiny face, big face. So everyone like tiny mouse face, tiny eyes, tiny mouth, tiny everything. And then big lion face, like lion breath. And then you go like tiny, tiny face. And like big eyes, big open mouth. Ah. And then, uh, I mean, you basically got like a super quick vocal warm up right there. <laughs> awesome. My cat was just looking at me as if I was the most insane person. But, <laughs> oh, and I wanted to tell you <laughs> while yeah. we were doing this, I'm sitting downstairs, I'm looking out at my rose garden. And a hummingbird just came and drank from one of the roses, which Kate and I have been talking about hummingbirds for like the past week and how we were talking about how self-love is similar to a hummingbird and how it just has to like beat its little heart so hard and so fast and use all of this energy to be alive. And that's what self-love. So <laughs> that's what self-love requires. Yeah. So I'm glad we did some self-love and we got a visitor from like a spirit animal at the same time. And I think all of this ties into our topic, which is Kundalini. Yep. And now everyone's got a vibe for how, you know, it doesn't have to be all about perfect everything. Like, Gina and mm-hmm. I just went from chatting about something to doing a quick moment of something and a few minutes of anything. So as we deep dive into this conversation, uh, deep dive yoga, da-dum-dum. Yes. Yeah. Gina's Instagram, if you guys are interested. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll deep dive into it, but you'll all like, if you all get nerdy about yoga, you'll learn that there's like the eight limbs, but it just, it's kind of tra- uh, trans-dimensional almost, it feels like, right? Mm. like it's emotional it's spiritual it's physical it's ego it's practical it's all things my favorite like you know there's the different bodies when we're talking about yoga my favorite is the bliss body so whenever you're studying yoga there's like the similar to what kate's saying the intellectual aspect 
you know, the spiritual aspect, all of that stuff. And when you get all the way, like past all of that nonsense, <laughs> you just get to it feeling good and feeling like you're in bliss. And that's typically what I try to find in my practices. I don't know if I've ever really found it. Um, Kate, you've taken some of my classes. Um, I don't know if you ever get to bliss body state in my classes, but that's always the goal, my secret goal for everyone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm one of those like uh, control freaks and I've been through some kind of like, I'd say soft cult grooming of the theater world. Mm. So it sort of takes me a lot to get into that bliss body. And I, I know I've been there a few times. The first was with Bikram Yoga. And yes. Yeah, because it's so hot. And it, it was my first class. So I had no um, preparation mentally for what I was going to be experiencing. There was like the guard was down. And it was this like standing head to knee, which is about halfway through the practice. And it, it was, there was so much that I was negotiating that the only way I could handle not passing the fuck out or throwing up was to let something go. And that thing was my emotional control. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much relief because it didn't feel like a therapy session or like a conflict. It felt like a safe place to just let go of something. Exactly. Yeah. I always joke about hot yoga. <laughs> I used to do hot yoga all the time. Um, not necessarily Bikram because Bikram's very specific in what they do. Um, but in hot yoga, I'd be like, I love it. I can only think about my current suffering, yeah. which is that the room is like 110 degrees. I mean, if and... life is hell, this is bliss. <laughs> yeah. And so in this moment, all I can focus on is that it's so freaking hot. And I would always try to get a spot by the door so that like the little crack from the yeah. door to the floor, I could feel the breeze. It's like <laughs> the most delicious tiny little breeze ever. And then that was, that's bliss body, right? Um, Kundalini is very much about getting into a state like that, but without the extreme heat. And it's not even an extreme practice. Um, so Kundalini yoga is called like the homeowner's yoga. It's meant for people to practice at home where for thousands of years this was like the cultural norm that people would do these exercises and these practices and there's like all this stuff about how you know it's secret like it's been kept hidden for thousands of years and passed down from like teacher to student and no that's not necessarily the case everybody kind of knew about Children these exercises <laughs> yep Exactly. Yeah. Everyone kind of knew about these exercises and it was meant for just any type of body. You can practice it in any state. Um, and one of the most powerful experiences I had when I was recovering from my accident, I was very limited in my mobility just because of how damaged my body was. Mm -hmm. So with Kundalini, the first step is just visualization. So even if you are paralyzed, if you can't move, you can visualize the exercises and you will still get the same benefit. And then you keep adding on to that. Like say you do get some movement, you do what you can, you practice the mantra, you practice the breathing. And we just shared a thing with you and Lindsay about, you know, just like the power of our brain and how everything is a holographic reality. So. Right. 
yet if you believe in your mind's eye that you're experiencing this it's 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 really fucking happening it's just our belief about our own capacities exactly yeah i mean there's a lot of studies right now with um how they're creating technology like elon musk is creating that microchip Mm -hmm. for people's brains where um they are able to kind of bypass damaged parts of the central nervous system so if someone is paralyzed the brain is still thinking like walk move this limb it's just the transmission is getting cut off and they're able to bypass it and then reanimate the leg with so yes and light yeah exactly so you're right we are basically holographic (laughs) beings and you know um Kundalini is very vocal. A lot of it is chanting and mantra. And for me, that was actually one of the hardest things to do. I don't, I don't feel super comfortable with things like that. And I remember the first uh, Kundalini happy hour we did. And traditionally, Kundalini is opened with an opening mantra. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to do this and like fully commit to chanting this mantra um, and hearing my voice being recorded is very unnerving oh, to me. It is. It seriously is. <laughs> and you're just like, do I sound like that? Oh God. Like people talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I just did a workshop last night and I have to like, I have to figure out how to adjust what I'm doing with this woman because I, ha- I pre-record the music mm-hmm. and then I join them and introduce it. And I'm sitting there through the whole class, listening to myself, just loathing it. And like the class is great, the music is fine, but all I'm doing is listening to all the imperfections of my own shit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's like you get to be God when you hear your own voice outside your head. <laughs> and that's where the unfiltered comes in, right? Where it's yeah. like, uh, you wish you could go in and change things or redo things. Um, the last Kundalini happy hour I did is on Kate's Patreon. I recorded it like four times. <laughs> I recorded it four times and I am sitting in my downstairs office and my husband was out in the garage working out. I don't know why he did this, Kate, where at the very end, at the end of the recording during the meditation, I don't know if you can hear it in the recording, but there's like a tap on the window because he was coming in from the garage back inside and he saw me recording and he thought it was going to be like funny and so he knocks on the glass I ignore it and he does it like two more times and I'm just like just go whatever outside sounds you hear now you all have to sign up for Patreon and get this because it's amazing because our partners know better like this is when when I'm in my vibe Kyle knows better and it's because we've been together for over a decade so we have a lot of experience it's like when the recording light is on in a recording booth session you know not to just like charge in and like distract exactly the fact that this like impulse happens is perfect perfectly perfect um okay two things when you're watching the video, you do hear it. And I thought it was like a total, like, you know, just a branch or something hitting a window. But, I, and I had no idea what was going on. So when you told me what happened and then I went back and watched it and I would just watch you like fuming behind your eyes. Right. And my eyes got really big. Like I looked outside <laughs> and I like, 
I, I was just like, well, I can't stop this recording and I'm not about to record this whole thing again. So I just like turned to the window and I'm still talking like, yes, continue breathing. And my eyes are so big and I'm just like, oh my God. You, like, so I finished lips together. Like I can't even, <laughs> I finished recording and I go upstairs and I was like, why did you tap on the window? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, I had recorded like four times. This was my fourth time recording it. I'm not recording it again. And he felt so bad. He didn't even know why he did it. He's like, oh, I just wasn't thinking. And I'm like, clearly. And, and then I was like, you did it twice. Like you didn't just knock on the window once and then see I was recording and walk inside. You did it twice to tease me. Do you remember that piece of paper you gave me that your guide wrote a message and like the yes. other hand and all that, right? Yeah. I pinned it on the wall of my sanctuary meditation area, which is like in that room we were all doing our work. Right. One, my husband would never go in that room, like for any good reason, he never went in there. Two, when he did, he knew everything was there in a sacred intention way. It was a very simple setup. As we were getting ready to leave, I was packing up and I went to clean out that room and I took that paper off the wall and I was like, what the fuck is this? And he had written in ink of a totally different color, a word that crossed out one of your words and made the whole thing a totally different message. I remember. Yeah. I remember you showed this to me. And it's like someone going in and like drawing a mustache on a picture. It was wild. I looked at him, though, and it was that same thing. It was the same exact moment where I, I looked at him almost, like, furious because I'm over-attached to something and I'm still learning a lesson about attachment. And I was like, why would you do that? And he genuinely looked at me like, I have no idea. And he said that. Right. He was like, I know better, and I have no idea. And it I, was spirit. It was yes! spirit. Because right <laughs> in, the re- in the recording, right before my husband bangs on the window, I was talking about, like, don't be attached to any of the sounds and like we just have to kind of go with it and you know realize whatever is happening is happening and radical acceptance that's exactly what I was talking about radical acceptance (laughs) and then he does this and I was just like oh my god oh my god so that's one of the, the great things about these practices is when you're teaching it, I feel like the universe is like, oh, really? Do you, you want to practice some radical acceptance? Let's, really, let's do it. Like you started to say in the very beginning of this, these are sacred forms that have been done for, so I believe, like timeless. I think that these are fractal forms that they are found throughout all of nature and yes. cosmos. And when we do these things with our body, we're tapping into that holographic theme of um, like what I talk to people about sound. Um, It's like, I'm not just imagining myself making sound. I'm making a sound that all my ancestors have made and other people have like put all of their prayers and hopes and dreams into that sound. And so we can channel that shit when we sit down and make these shapes with our body. It's the golden chain, right? That's what they talk about in yoga, this chain of unbroken teachers and students Mm. so we always call that in at the beginning of class and basically it's like all of the teachers past present and future come stand with us and protect us essentially Mm -hmm. um and there's a song for that and i love that there's these like couple of songs that all have the sacred words 
And even though, like you're saying, it's like at-home yoga, it is at-home music. It's like you're not supposed to show up and sing these things like a fucking diva. Right. It's just like, do the right. shapes, make the sounds. It's no bigs. Have the epiphany while you do it. <laughs> and I think that's how things are supposed to be. We are always expecting these epiphanies to happen in some big magical way. But I think most of my epiphanies happen like on my kitchen floor while I'm like scrubbing something or breaking up a box and kundalini yoga practice has changed my life so I have been practicing yoga since I was 13 and this is not to say I'm like the greatest yoga practitioner I I would say I'm fairly like mediocre um, with yoga and I came into kundalini yoga through a set of very random circumstances that were beyond my means Um, so one of my really good friends, um, she brought me along on a business trip and she ended up, the business trip ended up being at the Chopra center in Carlsbad, San Diego. And the Chopra center is a beautiful place where people just focus on like meditation, healthy eating, all of those wonderful things. They have like a a garden they take care of there. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And it's a place I could never afford. It's like so expensive. But her company comped everything for us. And we stayed in like a private villa and all of this stuff. And when you're, I know, right? When you're there, every day you get a schedule and it's like, here are the classes that you can attend. And there's essentially a class every hour, starting from 5 a.m. and ending at like 10 o'clock at night. One of the last days we were there, it was like a super moon and they had a special class and it was called Kundalini Yoga. And I was very intrigued by this because it's such a strange story because it links to many aspects. Um, At this time, I was working under a psychiatrist in my own business, which is completely separate from what Kate and I talk about. But the psychiatrist in his notes um, would always write, he would be like, yes, and the patient is talking about this energy that they feel kundalini, like he would always write this. And I was like, what is this? And I would, I'd ask him, and he was a very eclectic guy, who I sort of thought was like a genius or crazy, or probably both. Yeah, and he Right. And he was like, you know, Kundalini, the life force energy. He's like, Gina, come on. And he was a much older man. He was like in his seventies. And I was like, okay, doctor, like, I don't know what you're talking about. So when I saw this class, I thought of all the times I read this word and I'm like, I have to go check this out. So the first half of the class was just laughter yoga where the teacher just started laughing hysterically and it's contagious. It's very weird, but you all just end up laughing uncontrollably because it's awkward and funny and pushes you out of your comfort I've been zone. To a class of that that's gone well and I've been to a class of that that's gone poorly. <laughs> it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. But you have to assume if you're at the Chopra Center, everyone's down yep. for this sort of thing. Yep. So everyone was fully committed to this. And then we did Kundalini, but this practice is a practice that I have not really done before where it was just shaking, which I feel like you would have really liked. Oh my God, it was, it was just shaking the entire class. And I was like, okay, that was very weird and interesting. And I felt great afterwards. Yeah. And when I came back home, 
a couple of days later, I was like, oh, let me see if I could find a class like that on YouTube. And I started to just look at classes on YouTube, which were more the traditional type of Kundalini, which I practice, uh, which does have shaking, but it wasn't like an hour of just shaking. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I feel like uh, the way that I have embraced shaking and tremoring in my life, and in, in, in I have to do its own podcast around that shit. Yes, but, um, you need to. <laughs> it's like profound. It, you can feel that it, if you go Google fascia and you look at videos of fascia and you educate yourself just briefly on it, it's like there's no real good way to give your whole entire body a big reset clean massage but if you tremor shake vibrate you know especially if you find your own internal mechanism for this it's like the most it's like a luxurious spa day you could give your ligaments tendons organs ever and then your adrenal system is just like thank you let's regulate all of the things that are just in our culture about shaking right so people say shake it off why do we have these terms if it's not true mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's a lot of science behind it um i was recently reading this article and it's called the holographic fascia and yeah. essentially this article goes into and this is not like a, a woo-woo article this was in uh, like a medical journal that i was reading it in and The idea is whenever we experience trauma, the fascia make a memory of how the body was Mm -hmm. and they hold that memory. So whenever your body goes into a position Mm -hmm. that's similar to where you were during that trauma, you will re-experience some type of post-traumatic stress. Mm -hmm. And then the article goes into fascia release and how do we essentially erase these holographic images that our body is storing which for us no now also is a through process not a bypass process yes yeah exactly you got to go in to get out and that's part of why i call myself deep dive yoga Mm -hmm. on that's my instagram handle it also has to do with my spirit guide being the shark um but i kind of hate this idea of trying to take a shortcut or a bypass or not deal with trauma or our pain and kundalini really really dives in and you will feel uncomfortable you will feel uncomfortable and it may be physical discomfort it may be like this is weird and freaky discomfort or both um, i have days where my discomfort is like i am bored you know or like i'll have whole days where i'll just be like this is stupid and it's like, okay, we're supposed to be bored. We're part, supposed to be right? bored. <laughs> Do it's thing. weird to think we're supposed to be entertained all of the time. My physical theater teacher, who was like a clown master, talked about muscle memory and all this stuff before it was real internet crazy. And that's what he would say. He's like, what's your game? Because this is just one big game. We've all agreed to a whole bunch of rules and terms. Uh, and I, it was like different words for mindset, right? Like, Instead of just saying, have a positive mindset, he's like, well, you have to go do this today. What's your game to make it fun to get through it? Exactly. And one of my meditation teachers always said that boredom is a symptom of an untrained mind. (laughs) And this is a weird thing. Um, I don't know if you've ever noticed this about me. I don't really ever say that I'm bored, not to say that my mind is highly trained, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't really feel discomfort in boredom. Um, 
I always feel like I can entertain myself. Imagination is um, an amazing place. My husband makes fun of me. He's like, Gina could literally sit and look at like paint dry and you would go and be like, how was your day? And you'd be like, it was great. I saw this beautiful image as like the paint was dripping and things like that because we are addicted to being entertained by the flashy vacant things like our phones and TV productive. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So it's like either I am on automatic pilot one way or the other. Right. I find that myself when I was thinking is you're like, you were thinking, you're saying about boredom. And I was like, Ooh, how do I feel about that? When I feel bored, what's really going on? And I'm like, Oh no, that would be uh, me feeling unproductive. Which is a sickness (laughs) because we shouldn't be productive all the time. I mean, if That's we were thing. really living the way that, uh, you know, eco-consciously, we wouldn't have time for non like. <laughs> right. We'd be busy, like, harvesting and gathering yeah. things. I can we have the fire all day, but I have to keep the fire going. We are so privileged yeah. to live the life that we live. And especially, in, like, you know, the life I have is full of privilege. And, you know, it's hard to understand life differently than how you've experienced it but I think one of the issues I see with many people is we're afraid to sit with ourselves and we don't know how we don't know how to be with our thoughts and our thoughts are very very difficult Um, and that's all normal so part of kundalini is you break past the initial surface layer of thoughts which everyone is predisposed to have these anxious, annoying thoughts. That's part of human nature. We're all kind of neurotic in a way. But that's only surface level. Our critic. Like there's always that thing on your shoulder that's having a narrative about what's going on. Exactly. It's it's a demon or, or we call it, you know, about the feeding your demons, that practice. Right. Like it can either be something that haunts you or it can be an ally. Yes. Yeah. I think of it this way. <laughs> this is just from my training. That's, I always think of myself like, am I feeding a toxic neuropathway or a healthy neuropathway? So once I start to notice that, I try really hard to change it up where if I'm sitting with my discomfort, eventually it becomes not so difficult to bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you literally break through those thoughts and you dive deeper into what is the essence of who we are, which is peace, happiness, and tranquility. And that's in all of us. And that's a human right. Um, so in Kundalini, you're going to be doing different Kriyas, which is just movement. And when, if you're in one of my classes, you'll see they're very simple. It's like wave your hands around your head in a certain clockwise counterclockwise mm-hmm. motion, but we'll be doing it for 15 minutes straight without stop. Shared, which has the hilarious ending with the, you know, the husband knock. Um, we were like seated most of the time, the whole time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of the Kundalini classes I teach are seated and they, I do have some standing ones. Um, obviously it's easier to film a fully seated class, but it, a lot of it is arms breath work and movement and it's repetitive movement or static holds where I have done a class in the past and the Kundalini classes that I teach are typically 27 to 30 minutes long 
but a standard Kundalini class is 90 minutes long, um, part of which is like a deep, relaxing meditation. And in one of the classes, it's, they always have like special classes for a full moon or whatever. So I went to this class and the teacher's like, we're just going to do a static hold for 60 minutes. Oh yeah, And we had our wow. arms up for 60 minutes. And let me tell you, after about three minutes, you're like, Over oh it. my God. <laughs> but did you journey? Because that's ecstatic postures are a whole, I mean, that's a whole other chapter of life. You got to go to someplace else or else yeah. you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. So I was thinking about my whole life and every choice that led up to this big mistake taking this class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't even tell you how many workshops about 20, 30 minutes in. That's my whole thought process. And I just, um, I think the last year or so I've gotten better at, at going, you know what, excuse me, picking my shit up and leaving when I know, you know, sometimes you show up in a room and you're like, it's not for me. Sure. Yeah. Kyle has sure. taught me that. Cause usually I would, I would like grin and bear it. Cause I didn't want to like disrespect anybody, but holy shit. You know when it's medicine, I, you know when it's not. I was sitting with my medicine for this class. I was like, I'm going to be damned if I leave. And at the end it's literally the best feeling in the world to put your arms down and you're just like wow I've never been more grateful in my life to move my arms Mm -hmm. um, which is very humbling Uh, I think it's in kundalini has taught me a lot one is that having a body is often uncomfortable but discomfort doesn't equal danger Um, and we kind of have to get used to what are the danger signals versus we just have a body and sometimes it feels uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the, the big phrase is practice. It's a practice and we get to practice so many things from, um, me, there was a lot of similarity in the more extended, like if I was to do like a full 90 minute, right. Or to do this like hot yoga, those more extensive practices have really, really helped me in the medicine world of plant medicine, because you have to learn how to sit with your discomfort and what to do to move through it. And so there's moments where I'm on psychedelic plant medicine and shit is going fucking up the wall. And also the person I'm sitting next to is losing their shit. And I have to find out how to walk across a room. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) When it's spinning and I've got things like energetic things like coming at me. And, you know, you like you learn to regulate your panic, like, again, regulate your nervous system. So instead of just going immediately to the eject or fuck this or panic mode, you get to know yourself a lot better. And I think it's, some could say it's like desensitizing, but I can see what you're, what you're speaking to is this, like the more exposure you have to the scope of possibilities and sensory experiences, the less of a, a new experience is this like hostile traumatic. And you're like, right. You have a choice to engage with the feeling or sensation. You don't have to engage with it. And even if something is painful, we don't have to become the pain. And my, my accident really taught me that. So I was in like, I guess, 10 out of 10 pain. Um, And I remember 
asking the doctor at one point, I was like, don't you like go unconscious after a while? Like, isn't it too much pain to bear? And the, the doctor was just like, well, it really depends on how much your mind can handle. Um, but I was fully conscious the entire time I was on life support and having all of these Steal surgeries. <laughs> yeah. So I remember kind of just being like, I couldn't lose my mind. And I remember clearly having that thought because panic was so visceral. But I also remember there was a very, very primal part of myself that like crawled out of the depths of my unconscious mind. And it was like, Gina, you need to keep yourself together in order to survive this. And then I felt completely calm. And a lot of people will say that was shock. Um, It may have been, but that's something that has stuck with me in other circumstances because sure pain we want to move away from it but sometimes we can't and sometimes pain is not physical pain but you know a spiritual pain and how can you move away from that and it's your choice to become the pain or to notice the pain as you're speaking i can see this whole scene in my mind of this like shadow being like crawling out of this forest just like needing to be needing to be friended needing to be held you know like it's a you can't push it away thing or else you split yourself from you know two worlds and yeah feeling is something um I was trying to do with a pain I was having last week and uh instead of just being frustrated with it I try to consider people who uh talk about being at peace with the pain body And I was like, what if I welcome the pain? And I swear to God, like this thing that was fucking me up for a whole day, I just went quiet and I went still. And I can see how the spirit of shock can be, uh, I think think we often talk about it as like a bad thing, even though we acknowledge it can be helpful. And I get the sense that it's a beautiful thing because it is so deeply ingrained in in our nervous system. And then, right. Yeah, that place of quiet and stillness. When whenever we get sick, there's this instinct to go quiet and still, and to um, in order to process and not to eject or reject, but to just like be at one with this experience. Right. Because you're and right. You'll just like go insane. I just have very clear memory of thinking to myself the when I realized it was very bad. Um, And being in the ambulance alone, besides, you know, the medics and whatever. And I was like, in my head, I was like, is this like, should I freak out? And I'm like feeling myself break down, like I'm about to lose it. And then all of a sudden, this voice, very internal, is like, you need to keep yourself together because that's the only way you're going to survive. And I guess my whole affect changed because the paramedic was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I just need to be quiet. I'm in a lot of pain and I'm just trying to stay calm. You knew it. (laughs) Yeah. And they were like, okay. Like, I think they were afraid that I was like going into shock. You know, they're trained to kind of keep you talking. Um, And, you know, it was very strange. And I remember I was talking to the paramedic because they kind of force you because they don't want you to go unconscious. I honestly, I told them, I was like, I don't think I'm going to go unconscious. Like, I feel very coherent. And they're like, sure. But also, people in shock say crazy things. Yeah. 
And I remember telling the guy, I was like, one of my good friends is very beautiful. So if I survive, I'm going to tell her she's single. And it's like, she's your age. And I'm sure she'll go on a date with you. And I made such an impression on this guy that he came to visit me in the hospital. And I was like, oh, yeah, my friend will call you. No. What? Yeah. Gina. Yeah. That's, I mean, that is some fucking high functioning right there in a trauma situation. Holy wow. But Kundalini helped me reconnect with that aspect of myself and then also work out a lot of these like fascia holograms, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, many of my Kundalini classes, I felt very emotional in them and it was like a release of whatever was stored in my body mm -hmm. and not to say like once you release the fascia you are going to look back on these memories and be like oh actually it was fine I'm so yeah. glad that happened to me <laughs> but it's not as triggering as if you have an active trauma still happening for you and the idea of these practices that move with us is that as we also continue to walk through life, we're going to experience more. So Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like don't wind it at both ends. Help, help yourself out and find your practice. My, uh, my way in really is dancing and it's not dancing in front of a mirror or for a selfie, but it's like close my eyes, turn music on and let my body do whatever weird ass shit it wants to do. And I usually end up sobbing and then laughing and, um, and feeling this like lift, you know, this unburden. Right. Uh -huh. And it takes kind of a bravery to take yourself there, right. To yeah. go out of what is considered beautiful or normal and to engage in something that's just, whatever I need yeah. in that moment. Cause it feels like against all the things we're trained to do, which is tr strive for uh, an aesthetic something, whether it's aesthetic beautifully or aesthetically ugly or aesthetically reactionary to some kind of status quo, we all have a lot of training and, and grooming. So a lot of my movement looks like jumping and shaking and undulating. Like I feel the fucking serpent. I feel um, it's wild. I feel like this, it, it's like a serpent undulating movement, but it has, um, oh fuck, there's women in, in the Latin dance with the skirts that they have bring all the way up. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know yes. what you're talking about. Like mm -hmm. when I start to move, I can feel the energy around me like that. And it's, uh, yeah, that's my way in. And for me, yoga helped me find dance because it gave me choreography and movement in a way that, like, it's all been steps for me. So finding yoga kind of brought me to a place where I got to reconnect with movement in a totally different way. And that is... Sure. That's been healing. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think kundalini is pretty. <laughs> no, it's I feel really like not. a lot of it is like, okay, now we're going to crawl on the floor, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to shake our hands around. We're probably actually um, like snot is going to fly down my face at some point because we're doing a breathing thing with such high repetition. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think for ways in, some ways in for people to connect with themselves, 
walking is a really good one if you don't feel comfortable with yoga or, or dance or anything like that just go for a walk like don't bring your phone or like if you have your phone for safety reasons don't look at it um just walk and see what does it feel like to move your body um swimming for people even like a spin class stuff well, like that yeah i was gonna say just spinning because it resets your nervous system it's based on soupy technique like just like a kid, just put your arms out and gently spin a couple of times, like four to nine times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, Shaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. TRE. You yeah. can contact Kate. She'll help you. I with still that. need people to, um, Gina, I'm like, I'm shy about recording with people, but I need to reach out to you to be like, okay, Gina, will you record with me so I can get this? Of course. Of course. I'm being an Aquarius where I'm like, ugh. I want a certificate I just want to do it my way and I always resist going through the system even though I know after I graduate I have permission to do it however I want I mean I think that's the best way to do it right that's how I do most things where it's like okay I have been trained and now (laughs) I am going to take this knowledge I'm going to do it my way the kundalini classes that I do I design there are traditional kriyas in them but the way I want to do them. And people argue that that's not the right way to do it. I mean, I just feel like that's what's right for me. Um, There's also a lot of controversy surrounding Kundalini yoga right now um, with Yogi Bhajan and all of that. Uh, Basically, for those who don't know, the quick and dirty is that Kundalini was brought to America by this man named Yogi Bhajan. And he, he always creeped me out. I never met him. Um, He died before I got into the practice, but it had a cult feeling. Like whenever you go somewhere and there's like just a picture of this man and it's a huge picture and they're like, he's the best. He's never done anything. And that's actually what turned me off of it is the more uh, I started to research who he was and how he handled people. I was like, this dude's gross. And yeah, I mean, it's weird. And yeah. I'm just like, okay, cool. Um, so you've like find teachers that don't do it dogmatically. Like I found more hot yoga, right? People who were like, let's, exactly. let's not be dogmatic about it. And it's not about, because we have to acknowledge that there's a lot of controversy around where and how we're practicing yoga through what filter we are and the history of yoga and its roots. Exactly. So who really and, knows? You know, it's like, you can take the tools and this was a practice before Yogi Bhajan. It will continue on after him. A man is not the yoga practice. Uh, All of my teachers have always been female. I just uh, better connect with female teachers. And the way I kind of do my classes is I like to do a theme as I'm sure some of you know, who've taken class with me. I like to come up with the playlist first and then design the class around the music. Your playlist so much. <laughs> just like where the fuck, Gina? I want. I want to go back to the day where you had like CD collections and come to your house and look at your CD collection. It's so radical and big. <laughs> your tastes are wide. That's because of my dad. My dad's a musician, and in our house. We had so many CDs. Like people say they have a lot of CDs. When you people would come walls, to my house, right? they were like, whoa, there's like three walls of CDs. Your house is made of CDs. Oh, fun. And my dad has very 
uh, eclectic taste in music. So he's very much open to all different types of music. Um, so I was very much exposed to different types of music. There was also a place in New York because um, I'm from New York City originally. And this place in New York, it was the best place, Kate. Because do you remember how expensive CDs were? Yeah. They were like $20. They really got um, up there. I remember like when I first started buying them, they were like 13 to 15 And then just before everything blew, they were like 20 to 25 Right. Yeah. So there was a place in New York that you could buy CDs for $10. If it was on like the top 100, all of those CDs were 10 And then all the other CDs were $5. You just go blow all your allowance on that. Yes. Yes. My dad and I would go once a week and we'd buy like so many CDs. <laughs> I clearly remember going in my, I don't know why I have a very vivid memory and it's a strange memory. My dad took me to see the matrix and awesome. <laughs> this, this was before, this is like how old we are. Oh my God. Uh-huh. Um, this was before IMAX theaters were like a big thing. So there was only one IMAX in New York city and it was in Manhattan. And I remember riding the subway with my dad and some performer, like artist came in and they did a Michael Jackson rendition. So then my dad was like on this thing about Michael Jackson for like the whole day. And he's like, we have to go to the CD store, Gina, because I want to buy Michael Jackson (laughs) CDs after we saw The Matrix. Yeah, this is Um, before smartphones and shit. So we didn't just like pop in our earbuds and listen to that. No, right. and you'd have to like carry all of your CDs with you. Like, what did you want to listen to? Oh, that was always a tough choice. Where you put your CDs and the cover of it in there. Like, oh man, there's so many accessories about it. Yes. Yeah. Nostalgia. Seriously. But now we have Spotify yeah. and <laughs> unlimited access to any song you could ever think of. Yeah. So you'll like notice y'all. Okay, so I'm just. If you want to, if anyone's listening, who's, I mean, I joke to myself, I'm like, basically people listening, like, are Gina and Lindsay. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, um, I, I made this available, this um, class that Gina taught, I made it available, I think at the $1 level, so that everyone can have this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you get to hear that this playlist is the same kind of vibe that, like, Gina's Kundalini puts out, which is, like, you would never expect it. It kind of pushes the boundaries. It's not sitting down to like quote unquote yoga music. I there's one yoga music song <laughs> down there at the end. Um, <laughs> and so the playlist, it's all songs that have the word bodhisattva in them. Yeah. And there's a lot. There's Beastie Boys song on there. There's Steely Dan. Mm-hmm. So there you guys go. It's so good. I love it. Oh man, good times. I've been thinking a lot about, like, we should start a, um, like, not my Patreon, but some other. I really do want to start a forum where we start sharing information and people can learn things. Yeah, and we can learn things, too. Yeah. So, I don't know if Patreon's the best for that, or maybe it might be some other thing that would be, like, a... Like a Discord? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really want to do that. I know we've been, like, talking about sharing information or writing a book and doing that for a long time. My then the catch up is really if anyone reaches out who's listening, if they has good platforms, it's really like where is this platform that that a couple of people could host together so that it's not like, yeah. So just need to we need to make it. That's it. I'm gonna be like who's an Nick. app developer? 
I'm going to tell Nick to get on it. <laughs> I'm going to be like, this is your assignment. Can please, can somebody please make an app or a platform where people can talk at the same time and the audio is not shit and we can like have multiple hosts? <laughs> <sighs> this is asking for a lot. I know. I'm sorry, y'all. This is, come on, Age of Aquarius. This is, how is this not a thing yet? How is this not a thing? It's a good question. But I think a Discord would be fun where everyone could like chat about all of this sort of stuff. I also think um, I'm going to do my best to do this, but for our Magic Mondays, I'm going to try to do a Kundalini class that Kate can post on her Patreon that's related to it. Um, I don't know what this class is going to be. It's just going to be like the uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is like the the, uh, don't hold anything too cherished or perfect, you know, kind of fucking let it rip i'm down let's do it perfect I well i last i will work on that <laughs> <laughs> and we always talk about like a reading list because kate and i are always reading books and who knows there's a lot of material eventually we'll get out website, gina i think we might just need a, like a, a website that you and i can both log on to to like post on i like it well like, put our we're gonna come up with and, something yeah because we need to be able to just really do this in a in a beautiful way people deserve our brilliance gina they do they do well source list (laughs) shout out to Lindsay. i love you so much Lindsay. (laughs) Lindsay, download this anchor app so that you can join in on one of these calls yes human design we need (gasps) a human design that'd be so great okay that's our job you and me gina is to get Lindsay to to we'll we'll that'll be our other side project (laughs) <laughs> Lindsay no pressure dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, well I look forward to talking with you next Magic Monday recorded on a Saturday and posted on a Sunday yes. um, <laughs> I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'm sure I'll talk to you as soon as we get off this that's what we do <laughs> after we close this session we, we you know check in via Instagram so fuck yeah well, well, look. Thank you, everyone, and I look forward to our next jam sesh. Uh, uh-huh, because it's gold every time. It is. Always perfect. All right, babe. <laughs> Good luck, 